0: Welcome everyone to The Score fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at The Score. And there's just an excitement during the first week of the fantasy playoffs. I know technically we've already started playoffs in some leagues, but now we've reached the main fantasy postseason and I'm just pumped to try to get my team to the fantasy championship. I hope we can help do the same for you. We're gonna have a guest in here in a second going over some of the biggest fantasy questions entering week 15, including who might be this year's late season fantasy hero. But before we bring him in, let's go over my three unapologetic bold predictions for Week 15, courtesy of our friends at Captain Morgan. And my first bold prediction this week, the Seahawks will have three top 30 fantasy receivers in Week 15. Seattle already has one of the best trios in the league with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Jackson Smith and Jigba, but now they're playing the Eagles who give up the most fantasy points to receivers and have just been falling apart on defense lately. Plus, we saw this happen a couple weeks ago when the 49ers had three wideouts accomplish the feat against Philly. So feel free to start all three Seahawks receivers in your fantasy fantasy lineup in week 15. For my second bold prediction, we're staying in the NFC West. Matthew Stafford will throw 350 yards and three touchdowns this week. His weapons finally seem like they're a little closer to full health. You have guys like Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams. They're coming off big games in week 14. And you have role players like Demarcus Robinson and Davis Allen doing their part. Now they get a cupcake matchup. They're going against the commanders defense that really was never good, but they've become one of the worst units in the league since they traded away two of their best pass rushers at the deadline Washington they're allowing the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks the fourth most passing yards and the most touchdowns through the air but at the same time on offense the commanders are top 10 in pace of play so you end up getting a lot of opportunity in these games this very well could be Stafford's best outing of the season and then my last bold prediction this week Ezekiel Elliott will finish as a top 10 running back once again I had mentioned that Zeke was looking spry as a backup most of the season and then when Ramondre Stevenson went down with the ankle injury. I knew that Zeke could be a fantasy starter, but with how much Bailey Zappi likes checking down and throwing short, Zeke can be a real fantasy difference maker moving forward. And he shocked everybody last week, finishing as the highest scoring fantasy back overall in a half PPR leagues. Ramondre still not practicing. We don't know when he's going to return. Assuming that he is out again, Zeke is going to just soak up targets. And it's not the rushing, it's the receiving that's making him valuable. In less than two full games here since Stevenson got hurt, Zeke has 11 catches, 112 receiving yards, and a receiving touchdown, and that is just the numbers through the air. He also has 39 carries and 120 rushing yards too, so the matchup will be a little bit harder, but with that receiving role, he is going to keep posting good numbers with Bailey Zappi at quarterback. And those are my bold predictions for Week 15, and I'm calling it with Captain Morgan. All right. Let's get our guest in here. He's a first timer. We've got a bunch of new voices jumping on with us this season today. That voice you're getting to hear is Scott Bogman. You can find him on Twitter X at Bogman sports. You might know him from his work that he's done over at fantasy pros. He's a contributor over there. You can also check out his podcast, which is called in this league. They had me on earlier this season. I went head to head with our buddy, Bob Harris in that one. It was like a price is right style game with fantasy stats. And I was lucky enough to come out on top. And as a prize, scott was nice enough to donate to the humane society that my wife works at so scott welcome to the show man thank you again for making that donation how you doing dude i mean we're down to the final few weeks here there's no room for error now
1: so I'm doing pretty good, and and, and thank you. It was a great introduction. I forgot that we did the uh, the Humane Society thing, right? The, uh, um, yeah, you you won, and we donated uh, in in your name. So yes, uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I I totally that was like so early in the season. I feel like I forgot about it. My teams are doing okay. So I did have I, for ITL we do a dual guillotine league every year. And I was the last person with teams in both leagues. And then I got cut in both leagues and back-to-back <laughs> leagues. So... That one was depressing, but I'm in the playoffs in, like, Gary Davenport's death match. I'm in a football diehards league with Bob Harris and a lot of uh, industry people. I'm in the playoffs in that one. Um, I got a couple—I didn't make it in my home league with my buddies, which uh, I am going to get nonstop crap for that. So uh, that one I was a little surprised by. But, yeah, I think I had 15 leagues. I made the playoffs in nine of them, so— we're doing okay. We got some playoff spots here. I know
0: my friends always give me a hard time because I'm in so many leagues that they they think I'm just in a bunch of leagues now because it's like, well, then you're for sure going to win a few titles if you're in that many leagues, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you should, but uh, it, it's not the way it works. And it hasn't worked. Didn't work that way for me last year. I came away with a zero. Zero uh dubs but uh i think it was like my first year since starting this i didn't win at least one league last year but uh hopefully we'll we'll get a ship this year from one of those that have made the championship i don't feel real confident like in our mike tags um memorial league that you and i are in yep. you're behind me but you were like 300 points above everybody or something. <laughs> i think
0: i scored more it's, points than everybody in that league it's yeah. you and
1: Elliot, chris that are like scoring so many points the rest of us have good records but we just ended up playing uh the right schedule it seems like maybe so but we'll you never see. know
0: i i could go in the first round here i didn't end up getting the the buy this year unfortunately And now I got injuries, right? Tyree kills, not a hundred percent. Josh Jacobs might not play. We'll talk about that in a second. So you never know, right? That's why I always say you're just trying to get into the playoffs. And then it's week by week at that point, you're able to pick guys up and you never know that Great team, that juggernaut all year. They get a couple injuries and all of a sudden they're a little softer than they were when they were racking up points during the season. Not that I'm suggesting my team's a juggernaut, but I have won three (laughs) of the last four titles in that league. So I want to keep this dynasty going. Absolutely. Uh, There's a lot of places that we could start that we could begin this week. Sadly, Josh Jacobs, we don't know if he's going to be healthy for this game. He hurt his knee last week. He was limping around on the sidelines. He was limping around in the locker room hasn't practiced at all since then either it's kind of hard to imagine that he's going to suit up on Thursday night and I know his head coach Antonio Pierce said that they'd like to get Zamir White more touches he also said that this is Josh Jacobs show and if Jacobs can get out there he is going to be the guy so where do you stand on Jacobs availability first off and then do you think that White actually could be a worthy fantasy option if Jacobs is out
1: Uh, I don't think Jacobs is going to play but you know They, The whole offense revolves around him, and Pierce said that ever since he has taken over, is we need to run the damn ball, and they do, Uh, especially if you're going with Aiden O'Connell, which it looks like they may be switching back to Jimmy G, but I don't think he's going to play, and I don't like the fact that, yes, it should be Zamir, and Pierce said we need to give him more carries, but it's been Amir Abdullah behind Josh Jacobs, so... Maybe they would just slide White into that spot and have Amir Abdullah stick with the same role that he has. But you got to imagine that it's going to be closer to 50-50. Chargers defense has been bad, but it's a weird short rest game. You might be bringing in another new quarterback as well. I just don't like it. I don't like that whole scenario. So I'm not going to mess with starting Zamir White. Uh, or Amir Abdullah, even if Josh Jacobs is down. i'm I'm looking somewhere else if I possibly can.
0: I think that's probably the right call. Like when I ranked Samir White, I had him in that range with guys like, atage spears the guys who are like right. backups but can still produce because i think it's going to be just game script dependent and maybe the raiders will get ahead in this game and maybe they'll actually be able to lean on the running game a bit here and if that happens then yeah zamir white probably the favorite to get the early down carries but if they fall behind which was the the situation last week when amir Abdullah got most of the work after jacobs left then yeah, you're going to see Amir Abdullah. He's the one that they want out there on passing down. So he could be a a sneaky desperation play if you really, really need somebody. Uh, Speaking of Abdullah and, you know, half PPR and PPR leagues zamir white to me just kind of that rb3 flex and you gotta hope that they get out to a lead and that they give him you know 15 20 carries or something and i don't think he's going to put up huge stats on that but maybe he can find the end zone maybe gives you 60 70 yards something and ends up being an okay play for you but i agree with you that it's kind of a situation that i just i don't really want to get into and in part because when you get to the fantasy playoffs there's a little sliver of me that just doesn't want to put that guy out there on Thursday that I right. think could potentially have a bad game, right? You don't want to go into the weekend where you played somebody and they were terrible and you're already down. It's just a bad feeling to have. You'd rather have the hope going into the weekend. I, hopefully most
1: people do have better options than Zamir White this week. I can't wait till the NFL wisens up here, which I don't think is a word, but wise is up here. Uh, and, does these Thursday night games for only teams coming off a bye week? Like, it's just too short rest, and you're getting bad football. Yes, we're all still going to watch it. We're animals. You know, we have nothing else to do. (laughs) We're going to watch it. It's football. But I would prefer to watch good football. So I hate the Thursday night games early in the year. I mean, at least those guys are a little bit more healthy. But you're getting now on four days rest late in the season. There's too much on the line. These guys are too banged up already. Uh, you know, to the bye week teams only on Thursday night? That's I think that's what should be happening in the future, but they make too much money off of it, so it'll probably never happen.
0: All right, more injuries to sort through here. What about the Vikings' backfield? Alexander Madison—he's dealing with an ankle injury. I know most injury analysts have been suggesting that it's likely a high ankle sprain, which would be bad news for Madison. In real life, fantasy-wise, that could cost him a few weeks. And when he does get back. Might not be as efficient. Not that he was particularly efficient
1: before that injury, but. Efficient. Uh, Put the, the the field. I mean, good Lord, he's had a lot of fumbles.
0: Yeah, big time, big time. Um, he wasn't at practice today, so that factors in. We'll see if he's able to practice at some point this week. Today's Wednesday when we're recording this. I want to know, I mean, what do you think we're going to see from Ty Chandler? Could he actually break out here? We saw some flashes a few weeks back, maybe a month ago, when he got increased opportunity. And then little by little they just gave madison back the job do you think that chandler could really be an impact player with madison sideline
1: i really hope so because i like i'm a ty chandler guy i really like ty chandler and um i was i it was surprised me that they brought in cam acres and they didn't even give ty chandler the first look so um Yeah, I know he wasn't drafted by this coaching staff, I don't think so. It's just the way it is, you know. Um, But he's a speed back, and I think they're going to give him a decent amount of touches. And you know, with a speed back, that yes, it's going to be frustrating because he's not going to break many tackles, but you give him that sliver of daylight, and he's going to go. And they have set up uh, these guys. I remember, I think it was two or three weeks ago, he had this is right. I think it was the game that Cam Akers got hurt. He had a screen pass that went for like 42. And I got called back on a hold and then they ran a different play. Two plays later, they did the same play, but they gave it to Akers and it got 30. So, you know, he can make these plays. He's been behind on the depth chart. All these guys are dead now. But here's the thing is that still, even with a backup quarterback and they've been running more. But Minnesota hates running the football. They just don't. Kevin O'Connell doesn't like doing it. They're sixth in the league in rush attempts per game at uh, 24.2. They're only right now uh, ahead of Vegas, who is down in every game. Seattle, who's had a lot of uh, injuries. Washington, who has had to play catch up the Bengals who have had to play catch up and of uh, the Jets who it's, that's their story, their game script. Almost every game is playing from behind. So I want him to get more touches. I don't know how many he's going to get. I would expect 20, especially with Nick Mullins in this game. So this is a guy I'm comfortable starting, but I know that at any point Kevin O'Connell can come and rain on my parade. So I'm still, I'm starting him, especially with some injuries that I have. I think he can uh, have a breakout here, but I know just lurking in the back of my mind is Kevin O'Connell letting Nick Mullins throw the ball 50 times. And I can't imagine that that is what they want, but if they're getting down, if Jake Browning looks like Tom Brady again, they're going to have to come back and and play catch up and Ty Chandler won't get those looks. So uh, I'm cautiously optimistic yet again here about another guy, but I do like Ty Chandler's skill.
0: I'm right there with you. I I see the upside, but I acknowledge that He's a, a volatile play this week, or for however long he's going to be starting here. If Madison misses time, uh, we also have Isaiah Pacheco still not
1: practicing for the Chiefs. And you, you and I traded these guys for uh, the the other one, Madison and Pacheco, earlier this year. Here we are in the playoffs, and neither one of them is going to play for
0: us. I totally forgot about that. That is a very. <laughs> I talked about it on the show when it happened earlier uh, in the year, but yeah, that that's crazy, and that's a, a trade that. I 100% it for a, a long time because Pacheco was <laughs> definitely now. the better fantasy play. <laughs> but everybody, I think even Josh Palmer was involved in that deal, and Palmer's missed a bunch of times, so that's what happens, right? You make these trades, you think they're so important, and they're going to change everything, and then maybe didn't even make that much of a difference <laughs> by the end of the season. But uh, like I was saying, I mean, right now, looks like we're going to have potentially Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Jarek McKinnon handling backfield duties again, and Last week, you know, when that happened, their playing time was pretty close. CEH got the edge and touches and yardage. McKinnon had the better fantasy day when it was all said and done, though, because he found the end zone. So if we're looking at them again this week, who would you rather have in your fantasy lineup? I feel like it's still a tough decision.
1: Yeah, for me, um, I'm going to go with CEH. I do think, you know, uh, I was so high on CEH when he came out. And obviously that has not worked out. But. I mean, they're playing the Patriots who look, I know the Patriots are coming off a win, but that's because my Steelers are miserable. So don't (laughs) read too much into that. Uh, It's in New England too, but I think Kansas City is going to get up in this game and I think they're going to you know, run the ball late and that is going to be a lot of CEH. And I think he's going to lead in touches. I think McKinnon is more likely to score uh, because he just has been more likely to score. So I, I think that um that trend continues which makes this more of a coin flip but volume is king in fantasy football and ceh is going to have the most of it so that's the guy i would roll with between those two
0: and i mean it's funny i mean this time of year it's like always the time of year when we see like a player to emerge as i don't know what you want to call it like a fantasy savior right whatever wording you want to give it you know often it's because of injuries Sometimes it is based on talent though, and guys emerging late in the season. But I feel like we've been dancing around all these names on the show. And a lot of these guys could be that player, right? They could be these guys that step up and all of a sudden lead people to fantasy titles. A lot of it depends though, on the health of the other players on their teams, not so much just on them, but you know, Ty Chandler, CH, I mean, we've seen McKinnon actually do it before he did it last year, right? (laughs) So these guys definitely capable of being that player. You know, if I ask you for more, though, and maybe if you want to talk about those guys again, that's fine. But I'm wondering, you know, when we look back like a year from now, let's say, who's going to be that player or, you know, players that we remember as late season fantasy heroes from 2023? And we can both toss out a few names here. I'll let you go first. But who fits that description for you?
1: Uh, The first one for me is Javante Williams. Uh, The schedule at the end here is Detroit, who's been bad, New England and the Chargers. So. He gets his last three opportunities uh, to score you some points against some rough defenses. I mean, Detroit actually is a good defense, but they're playing bad now. New England is hurt. Uh, The Chargers started out hot, but they are fading down the stretch here. And it seems like every single week, Javante is removed from this knee injury. He starts to look better. And Sean Payton is going, you know, we saw a nice mix of Jaleel McLaughlin and Samashi P. Ryan to start the season. Those guys are getting a little phased out and we're giving the ball more to Javante at the end. So uh, he is definitely one of those guys that I think is going to win people money and probably have his stock boosted for drafts next year because of it.
0: I think that's a great call. And I had a friend last week. I had Javante ranked pretty high and I had a friend that I used to work with text me Sunday morning and really question it. Like, why on earth (laughs) do you have him that high? And I laid out all my reasoning for it. And then as the day went on, Javante ended up having a, a good game. So I felt vindicated. I did not hear what from him your, after what that. What was your
1: gif? No, <laughs> come on. you. Ha- I, I just send a gif when no, somebody no. does that. You don't, you like don't even do Act you've been there that? before. For me, I'd rather
0: act like, yeah, of, of course I was right about it. I don't need to brag about that. Like, of course I was right. Ah, you're too classy. We all know that no one's right 100% of the time. But <laughs> I'd rather act like, you know, that is the case. I'm um, no
1: Barry Sanders. I'm. You're getting an end zone dance from me. So. <laughs> I'll
0: remember that for next time. <laughs> um, for me, I'm also go with a running back here uh, for one of mine. And I think I've talked about him on the show already in the last month or so about his schedule down the stretch, but DeAndre Swift, I mean, Another guy that's like, you know, he's been good this season. He had some great games earlier in the year, faded a little bit recently. I know he was banged up at one point in the last few games. He also faced two really good teams, right? The 49ers and the Cowboys. The Eagles didn't really control those games, so you didn't see the same kind of production from Swift. But you have to think that that ship's going to get righted over the next few weeks. It's the Seahawks, the Giants, the Cardinals. Those are all top 10 matchups for fantasy points allowed for running backs this year. So I expect that we're going to see Swift really get back on track and really finish strong this season.
1: Yeah, I mean, just the whole team, Philly, get back on track because they've been the schedule's been brutal, but they've been getting beat up recently. So, yeah, I'm with you on Swift for sure.
0: All right. Who's another one for you?
1: Give me Rasheed Rice, the, now the number one uh, wide receiver in Kansas City. He's had 29 targets, 23 catches, 243 yards, and two scores over his last three games. And he finishes up with the Patriots, the Raiders, and the Bengals. So I think that's a pretty good schedule. Um, and obviously Pacheco's been banged up, so they're missing a big chunk of their run game. We'll see when he can come back and if he's 100% when he does. But it's the it's the Chiefs. They have been playing close games, so they've been needing to pass recently, and Rasheed Rice has been a beneficiary, so let's go with him.
0: Yeah, outstanding call. I mean, he's really been coming on it. No notes at all. I love that call. (laughs) I think that's fantastic. That's exactly what we're talking about here, right? Like a guy who didn't necessarily have the the greatest start to the season, but is going to potentially have just a phenomenal end to the year to his rookie season, so really like him. Uh, For me, another guy I want to throw out there, and he's also kind of like Rasheed Rice. He's been coming on the last few weeks. That's James Cook, right? Like he's really started to get more involved since Joe Brady took over as OC, getting more opportunity to be, you know, kind of the focal point of that Bill's offense to some extent. And we've seen him more involved as a pass catcher. He found the end zone twice since Brady took over calling the plays. And that's after earlier in the season when he had Ken Dorsey as his OC, he only scored two touchdowns during the first half of the season with Dorsey. So things are working there. The Buffalo offense has just been humming. And now, yes, Cook gets a a tough game this week against the Cowboys, but I feel a lot better about his outlook in an even tougher game like this because of those receiving numbers lately. And then after that, he gets the Chargers, who we've already talked about. That's a good matchup. And then the Patriots in Week 17, Cook had over 100 yards and a touchdown against them earlier this season. So Cook, to me, a a strong RB2, but a guy who could potentially be a sneaky RB1 over the next three weeks because if you look back to when Brady took over, Cook's been the RB six in fantasy points per game and half PPR over the last month. So somebody that I think really could swing fantasy leagues.
1: Yeah. Buffalo has been looking for that second option behind digs. Right. And they haven't found it. Gabe Davis, um, the donut last week upset everybody. Um, obviously Kincaid didn't have a great week, but he still had eight targets. I thought he was going to be that guy, but it's when Brady took over, he's like, all right, let's give one of our best players the ball more which I think is the right decision. So uh, I'm with you on James Cook for sure. You got anybody else in mind for this? Yeah, let's go with Zach Moss, because I don't think JT plays again. You know, I think this is a high ankle sprain. I think they want him to. I think maybe he can gut it out. But, you know, originally they said two to three weeks. They haven't even ruled him out for this game, which I just think is a whole bunch of nonsense. I, I think this is a gamesmanship you know, uh, from Sykin. I don't think uh, that JT is playing. And Zach Moss's final three games here uh, of the fantasy playoffs are Pittsburgh, Atlanta, and the Raiders. So I think if you're rostering Zach Moss, you're in a pretty good start, and he offers a lot of upside against those defenses. So uh, I'm going to roll with him as a guy that could potentially win you money and then go to a situation next year where everyone thinks he's going to be the guy and then disappoint. That's exactly what's going to happen. It's the Zach Moss story. So. Well,
0: people feel like that's what's happening right now. I had a bunch of people questioning why I have him ranked high again. It really just comes down to the the volume, right? He's getting such a great opportunity that at some point, I mean, last week he scored a touchdown. It got called back. Like there are things that could have potentially changed his fantasy days over the last two weeks, but I like that call too. He's certainly somebody that if he continues to start and right now the expectation is that Jonathan Taylor's not going to play at least this week and then We don't know after that, but I think there's a good chance that they do keep him out and we see Moss just continue to handle that job and somebody that I think always has the potential to be an RB1 in fantasy. And it's going to be tough based on the volume that he's getting to not continue to rank him in that range, even though he hasn't really come through with the big games in the last couple of weeks, like he did earlier in the season. All right, let's finish things off here. We always like to do a little rapid fire at the end. So Quick answers only. You can provide a little bit of context if you want, but we tend to go a little bit faster with these ones. Gotcha. So let's start with which star player are you worried about in week 15? Such an important week, obviously, the first week in the fantasy playoffs for most leagues. Who's a player that you're worried about performing this week?
1: Amonra St. Brown. Uh, he His usage has been dipping over the last couple of weeks. I know that we've also had Jared Goff outdoors games. And as uh, our buddy Pisa Pia likes to say, he's an indoor cat. But it's not just that. It's also he gets Patrick Sertain. So I can't imagine that they're not going to lock Sertain on him. So Amonra is who I'm worried about this week.
0: Which backup quarterback turns starter? And we've already talked about a couple of them already. But which one do you like the most this week? Jake Browning, Gardner Minshew, or Tommy DeVito? Uh,
1: give me Minshew against my Steelers. This might be a self-deprecating Steelers fan happening here. But there's <laughs> a possibility that TJ Watt is not going to play because he's been in con- uh, concussion protocol. And uh same issue with High Smith. He may not play this week. So if the Steelers are missing the pass rush, we know that they don't have it on the back end. So probably Minshew Mania week.
0: Who should, and I emphasize should <laughs> win NFL MVP this year?
1: Dak, but it's gonna be Purdy. Uh number one, it's the easy story to write. Mr. Irrelevant wins MVP, right? So it's the easiest story for the writers who who vote to to write. And how is it not the best advertising for the nfl draft look the last player selected won an mvp literally any player uh drafted can win an mvp that's what they're that's the narrative that they're gonna go with uh should purdy win it so i just think there's too much to gain for the league and it's too easy for the writers to write that story so i think purdy wins as long as they go undefeated you know um if that team is undefeated and he doesn't you know throw a ton of picks at the end i think he's gonna end up winning it.
0: All right, you make some great points, and all my dynasty teams that have Purdy on them, including that league we were talking <laughs> about earlier, I'm going to be happy if he actually wins it and continues to be the starter there for another decade plus. Uh, who should be the fantasy MVP this season?
1: How could it not be Christian McCaffrey? It's got to be McCaffrey or Tyreek. Like Those are the, the only two that are, unless you want to go value-based, but, I mean, CMC is the guy.
0: Who's your favorite redraft stash at the moment?
1: Uh, give me Roshan, Michael Carter, like guys behind, like Chicago's a little unsettled, although seems like they like Foreman. Uh, James Conner's always hurt. And at this point, for God's sake, any backup quarterback, uh, I guess, would be it because every quarterback is getting hurt.
0: Yeah, this year it seems to be the case. And then the last one, we always ask this. Which player is being overlooked heading into this week? And it could be somebody under the radar. It could be a star who's not getting enough love. You could really take it any way you want to go with it. Who's that for you this week?
1: Well, I'm going to be self-deprecating again here. Give me Josh Downs because the Steelers got blueprinted against the Cardinals. They threw over the middle to McBride. The Patriots threw over the middle to Hunter Henry. Who catches the ball over the middle for the Colts? It's Josh Downs. And he has 11 catches to the left uh, side of the hash. 11 catches to the right side of the hash and 31 over the middle of the field. So uh, he's their slot guy. The Steelers cannot cover the slot right now. Give me Josh Downs this week.
0: And there you have it. That is all for today's show. Make sure you're following Scott on Twitter or X at Bogman Sports. Give his podcast a try. Like I said, it's called
1: In This League is there anything else you're working on, man? Anything you want to direct people towards before we sign off? I'm on the fantasy pro show every Sunday. We do that live. Also it is available for a podcast on Monday. So, uh, check that out. It's a wrap up show of the week and yeah, just, uh, you know, catch all my stuff over, uh, fantasy pros, betting pros in this league, uh, CFB winning edge, uh, host that podcast as well. So, uh, if you like some football and you enjoy what I say, you can hear me in a lot of places. So appreciate you invite me on Justin. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you making some time, man. I know it gets tougher as the season goes along too. So always nice when uh, we can get somebody on, especially a first time guest later in the season, uh, as for me, I will have the rankings updates out on Thursday. I'll have the mailbag show probably a little later in the afternoon. But until then, big thanks again to Scott. Big thanks to all you for listening, and we will see you next time. Said
1: leave on time. My baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me tonight. I said leave on time.